You're listening to Redemption City Church. For more information, check us out at redemptioncitychurch.com. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful to see you all. We, uh, this is a bit of an unusual Sunday for us. It's a fun Sunday that we do. We do it every year. We do it the Sunday before the Thursday game of the NFL football season. All my pastor buddies think I'm absolutely crazy that we gear things around the football season, but many of them don't live in Broncos country and don't understand the importance of what we do here. So. But anyway, it's a great delight to see you all. Thank you for being here. As I said, this is a bit of an unusual Sunday, and uh, we're going to dive right in. But before I do that, I would like, just if possible, to have the elders and their wives join. Oh, they all left. The, elder, <laughs> the elders and their wives join me up here real quick. Just the wife, yeah. Oh, there you are, Susan. Come on up here, you guys. Come stand over here. Yeah, there you go, baby. Come on up. Thank you. Just... Uh, I just really want to take a, a minute to honor these guys and gals. They, they do an extraordinary, unbelievable amount of work behind the scenes to keep us on track, and uh, we are just incredibly grateful in God for each of them, their spouses, their families, and just want to take a moment to honor you guys this morning. Now, can we give them a hand, please, guys? Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> This next three months as we run towards the end of the year is going to be an incredibly strategic time for us. I'm going to take a few minutes this morning just to remind us of some of the things that God has said to us over the years and over the life of Redemption City Church, do my best to project those forward, and then give us some practical handles, some practical ways to engage as we land. So here we go. This first word was not really a word over redemption, but it became a word that we embraced and it was the word that God spoke to Ty and Nicole in Australia as he was preparing them to relocate to, uh, to the United States and plant here in Denver. And the word went something like this. Will you come and be part of what I'm doing in Denver, Colorado? And it, it, why I say that we've embraced that as a word because as Ty and Nicole led the church for the first five years, that was such a foundational thing for us in that it was very specific. Will you come and be part of what I'm doing? And so it wasn't, there's a difference between will you come and be part of what I'm doing to will you go to Denver and make something happen? It was actually on God. It was us partnering with God. And right from the beginning of Redemption City Church, there was an ease and a relaxation and, uh, and a sense of, man, we are partnering with God. We're not just trying to force uh, something, we're not trying to make something happen, we're not clenching our jaw and forcing something. There was this easy rhythm of the grace of God as we planted the church nine years ago and for the first five years of Ty's leadership. I, I have honestly, I've done my best to embrace that as I've led now Ty and Nicole uh, in God, decided four years ago, or felt in God four years ago to hand the church over to Sandy and I, and I really have endeavored to, to be true to that word that God gave them, because I think it's such a critical word for us as a church. We're not forcing it. We're not making it happen. We are enjoying the grace of God and enjoying the rhythm and the pace that God has us on. You're doing all right? 
was a personal word to them, but something I believe that we've come to embrace. And that's a cool thing. And then in the transition, God spoke to me. Will you allow me to show you what I can do through a church that truly loves broken people? I think it has shaped and framed this last season for us. Put a fresh emphasis on the gospel and on us reaching out to lost, hurt, broken people with the love of Jesus. Started to frame our mission statement. A Christ-centered, we can never ever get away from that, that Jesus is the central personality, the central theme, the central reason, the central everything for what we do. Christ-centered, gospel-saturated community is who we believe God has called us to be. But I want to say this, we're not done yet. There's more for us to reach in this community and beyond. More for us to embrace in this community. More for us to love with the love of Christ. I was up in Placerville on uh, Thursday night, ordained, um, ordained an elder for Steve and Terry Barr, Westside Church. Um, and I had a conversation with somebody up there, and they said this. They said, man, we've got, we've got a relative, we've got a, friend, a relative, family member that lives in the Denver area. And uh, they've had quite of a rough go at church, and seems like they've come out of quite a legalistic uh, church framework. And she said, man, they, they just bruised and battered by the church. But we'd love for them to come to you and, and, and uh, just be with you for a little while. And I said this immediately, and I said it with heaps of confidence. It's because of that word and because how you all have embraced that word. I said to her with absolute confidence, I can promise you this. If they come to Redemption City, they'll be loved. It's because of that word. Will you allow me to show you what I can do through a church that truly loves broken people? We've embraced that as a church. That's not an elder's thing. It's not a pastor's thing. It's not a connect group leader's thing. This church loves. You've got no idea how many times I hear from people that visit this church. Man, this church is so friendly. Man, the church embraced us. Man, this. Will you allow me to show you what I can do through a church that truly loves broken people? And then turn with me your Bibles real quick to Psalm 144. This is a great word that was spoken over us, and great promises in this word. Psalm 144. Just going to read a couple of verses out of the psalm, and make some comments. So we'll read through, we're going to read from verse 12 to the end of that psalm. And it says this, verse 12, then your sons in their youth, will be like well-nurtured plants, and our daughters will be like pillars carved to adorn a palace. Our barns will be filled with every kind of provision. Our sheep will increase by thousands, by tens of thousands in our fields. Our oxen will draw heavy loads. There will be no breaching of the walls, no going into captivity, no cry of distress in our streets. Blessed are the people of whom this is true. Blessed are the people whose God is the Lord. Some incredible promises in that text. The promise of young leaders, male and female, your sons in their youth. It's a critical part of that thing, your sons in their youth, that young men and women feel like they've got a place in this church, that young men and women feel like they've got a future in this church, and they can start to step into and grow into their leadership in the life of the church. More about that in a little while. The promise of provision, your bonds will be filled 
Your barns will be filled with every kind of provision. That includes financial provision, but it's not limited to financial provision. The promise of increase. Your sheep will increase by thousands. Your sheep will increase by thousands. The promise of high-capacity leaders. Your oxen will draw heavy loads. In the Bible, oxen always speaks of leadership. That heavy load speaks of high-capacity leaders. And I want to say this, man. I am absolutely convinced of this, that, that God has stirred us to raise leaders. God has asked us. God has put a mantle on us to raise leaders, not just for the church, but from the church. Not just for the church, but for society and community in general. And I, and I believe God is going to give us leaders in business, education, the arts, every sphere of society. We're going to see people either come here or people raised up from here that will go on to lead in all of those spheres. To be truly apostolic means to reach our community as well as the ends of the earth. That word apostolic, when Jesus called the 12 and designated them apostles, he didn't invent that word. He borrowed culture. Um, we discussed this recently when we spoke about him saying to the disciples, come follow me. He borrowed culture. He leant back into Jewish culture. And when he used that word for the first time, Jesus called the 12 and designated them apostles. He was borrowing Roman culture and Roman language. And so Rome was in this incredible season of expansion, um, taking on new territory. And every time they took territory... They would do this. They would send a team into that new territory to go and teach them the Roman way. That's where that saying comes from. When in Rome, do like the Romans. They captured, a, they captured an area of geography or a city, and they sent a team in there to teach those guys the Roman way. Because we are in Rome now, so we're going to do it like in Rome. And that team was teachers, philosophers, uh, mathematicians. All of these guys all went in to this region to teach them the Roman way. But the guy that led the team was a military guy, most probably a general. The guy that led the team to go into this new geography to teach them the Roman way, the guy that led that team was a military guy, and he was called the apostle. Can you see how Jesus embraces that language? And says, okay, I'm going to designate you apostles to go into all the world teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. So instead of going in and teaching them the Roman way, these guys are going in and teaching them Jesus' way. Does that make sense? So let me tell you, friends, to be apostolic is to have influence and impact in every area of society, in our context and beyond. Are you doing okay this morning? Last word that I want to pick up on is this. God spoke to us, I guess two or three years ago now, this little phrase, 10 in 10. And as we wrestled with God on this thing, what does this mean, Lord, 10 in 10? God spoke to us about some combination of 10 church plants or multi-sites in the next 10 years. Now, I want to say, I want to say those words hang together, you know. As I've just said, we, there, there is a mandate on us to see society, uh, to see communities, come to love Christ, to go into societies with the love of God, to see the gospel preached, to see people healed, made whole, delivered, and to see the kingdom of God advance. We've got an incredible opportunity around us, friends. 
We've got an incredible opportunity. Uh, Weld County, what's it? It's one in four people or one in five people. One in six people over the next five to ten years are going to live in Weld County. That, that region is just blowing up and expanding and growing. You go out there, you cannot believe the houses that are being built and the development that's going on. Down south, we've got a bunch of people that come from down south. They drive 45 minutes to an hour every Sunday to come and be here with us. Man, God wants to do something down south. I love that area out west. I love towards the mountains, Candelas, and, and those places that are just expanding and growing. And I had a funny little experience at, uh, at the rec center. I was in the change room getting changed, and these two old guys, and I'm getting older. <laughs> just to point that out, Chris, I'm not old. I'm just older. What exactly is old? Yeah, right, just chill out, bro. <laughs> these two guys... And so they were, talk, they were talking about how, how Colorado has changed, how the Denver area has changed since they've been here, and they've been here their whole lives. And so I started to say, yeah, you know, I've been here 10 years, and I've seen the change. And uh, I know a bunch of my buddies are still trying to move here from California. And these guys got quite aggressive with me. <laughs> they, got, they got quite angry. They bowed up on me. I thought I was, I was about to get beaten up in the wreck. And they were like, well, tell them not to come. I was like, all right. Okay, I will. Just chill out. You know? But the, but the point is this. More people is more opportunities for the gospel to be preached. More people is more opportunities for the gospel to expand, for the kingdom of God to advance. We have planted. We planted in Sydney, Australia with uh, Jim and Maria Nestoris. We planted in Chino Hills, California with uh, uh, the Venerables, and we planted, we planted in Tasmania, Australia with Russ and Mary Doty. They were here a couple of weeks ago and gave some feedback about that. But I want to tell you this, friends. We are in constant prayer. In the context of 10 in 10, we are in constant prayer. Where to next, Lord? Where to next? Where to next? Whether that be right around us, Weld County, down south, further west. Ty reminded us recently in a conversation we had about how in the early days we had felt that God wanted us to do something in Boulder. And God has never let us off the hook with that. I read an interesting quote the other day, and the quote was simply this, just a one-line quote, and it said this, that nations, nations that are close to the gospel are sending their best and brightest students to our universities. What an opportunity to reach them. What an opportunity to reach people from nations that are absolutely close for the gospel. How, how many students in CU? Anybody? How many? Do you know? 60,000 students at CU. Thir 35. 35. 35,000 students. 15,000 or something at, uh, at UNC, right? I mean, we, we've got these colleges and these schools right around us, man. I'm convinced God wants to do something in the colleges again, in the schools again, to break something into the colleges and the schools, to see people saved and those foreign students to go back and carry the gospel back with them to nations that are closed to us going in there and planting churches. There's got to be something, friends. We've got to lay hold of that. We've got to lay hold of that in prayer. We've got to lay hold of that by faith. And we've got to trust God that we can see some of these things happen. 
We have one UNC student getting baptized today. Well done. There we go. Let me tell you, this word 10 in 10 is going to need constant focus and intentional prayer. It really is. Uh, I don't think any time we get a word from God can we say, okay, well, Lord, that's on the back burner. We can't. But specifically with this word 10 in 10, about us raising up leaders, about us seeing communities advance, about churches being planted, sites being established. We cannot put that on the back burner. We've got to hold that in faith and in prayer all the time. Trusting for God to raise up leaders. Trusting God for, either for, pe- to, for God to send us people from those regions, from those areas, or for us to go into those areas and establish something. I want to say this as we land this section here real quick. A prophetic word is simply an invitation from God into a preferred future. That's what a prophetic word is. It's an invitation from God into a preferred future. So God can prophesy over something. I've called you to be a a leader. I've called you to be a church plant. I've called you to be a worship leader. I've called you to be a business guy. Whatever it is, God can speak all of these things over us. But I want to tell you, it's, it's an invitation into a future that he has for us, which is always going to be our best future. Are you doing okay? But it is contingent on our obedience. Right? God calls you to be a prophet to the nation or a worship leader. God's called you to be a worship leader, but you're too lazy to pick up the guitar. You're too lazy to learn the skills. God's not under any obligation to fulfill that word if you're not playing your part. Are Are you doing all right? God's called you to be a preacher. You are going to have to be faithful in the Word of God. You are going to have to be faithful with study. You are going to have to be faithful with learning those skills. Are you doing okay? It's an invitation, but it is contingent on how we respond to that invitation. And we want to respond in faith and by faith with all of these things as we go forward in the things of God. You doing all right? So how do we flesh this out? What does it look like for us practically? Number one, engage with Jesus. Engage with Jesus. I want to say this, friends. Jesus cannot be held at arm's length. Jesus cannot be held at arm's length. The best life, our best life, my best life, your best life, is a submitted life. Scripture cannot be read casually or simply for knowledge. It has to be read for transformation. It has to be read with this understanding that every time my life does not align with Scripture, my life must change. Are you doing all right? Got to engage with the Lord at deeper and deeper levels, allowing God to change us, to shape us, to speak to us, to challenge us. Number two, embrace community. Embrace community. This is a little bit of an unusual one, I think. But I'm absolutely convinced of this. That community is something that is on God's heart. I I think that that text right in the beginning, Genesis, not good for man to be alone, has got far more implications than simply just marriage. It's not good for man to live alone. It's not good for us to live in isolation. It's not good. There's a whole movement across America right now, this whole deconstruction movement, right? 
And people are like, well, I love the Lord, but I don't really see a need for organized church. And, you know, it's, it's this deconstruction thing. It's like, if I'm okay, it's just me and Jesus. If I'm okay with Jesus, I'm good. And there's some level of truth in that in the context of salvation, yes. But in the context of fulfilling the words that God has spoken over us, it's going to take all of us all in all the time. Otherwise, we're never, we're never going to be able to do it. We carry that through to another level with our partnership with New Covenant Ministries International that Ty and Nicole lead. We carry that through. Even as an individual church, we couldn't do all of these things that God has called us to do. And so it's partnership and friendship and community at every level for us to walk into the things of God. Now, I want to say this. Um, us, you know, for, for us as a local church, when we, when we talk, when we wrestle with things as, as elders and uh, what are we going to do? What does the next season look like? What are the things that God is speaking into the life of the church? You've got to understand this, friends. We set the table. And just like if you had a meal at home, you set the table. You're expecting guests. You set the table. But, but some people will show up. And I mean, I'm, some people will show up and pick at the food. Some people will show up and snack. And some people will sit down at the table eat the meal, and be satisfied. Now, that's biblical language. The five loaves and the two fish, they all ate and were satisfied, right? And we cannot believe that we can partake in church life, the fullness of what God has for us, the fullness of the Christian experience. We cannot believe that we can partake in that in one hour on a Sunday morning. Are you doing all right? No, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to be gentle here, right? This is my gentle face. It's my gentle face. Tim raised his eyebrows. He's like, really? <laughs> so this is my gentle face. Some of you would not go to a connect group if Jesus was leading it. I'm just telling you now. We've got to understand this thing, friend. God is building us together, knitting us together. A royal priesthood, a people committed to him, a people together that can serve him and walk out his plans and his purposes on the face of the earth. And we're not going to do that as individuals. Philosophers and uh, sociologists, I guess, have described American culture in our day as rampant individualism. Rampant individualism. It's all about me. It's all about me. And I want to tell you, friends, the gospel breaks that. The gospel breaks that. The gospel puts us in partnership. The gospel puts us in fellowship. The gospel puts us in community. Some commentaries have said this, that the, the miracles and the signs, the powerful miracles and signs and wonders that we see in the book of Acts seem to wane a little bit. They seem to taper off a little bit. Once the church is established, because this church community, this biblical community, where people from all walks of life, people that in that context have hated each other for hundreds of years, have been at war with each other for hundreds of years, are suddenly found in the same community worshiping the same God. And so commentators have said stuff like this. The reason for the, for the, the waning and, the, and, and the, what seems to be a tapering off of the miracles is because of this, that church, the community, with these people that hate each other and despised each other for hundreds of years, that church is the true sign 
that the presence of God is amongst them. We cannot ever get away from community. We cannot ever get away from building together and loving together and working things out together. Okay, so this is what we said. We've said engage with Jesus, embrace community, join the mission. Join the mission. Get involved. 10 in 10. Pray. Ask God for your role. Ask God for your role. We've done this time and time and time again. There's a difference between important and visible. There's a difference between important and visible. The worship leader is visible. The guy that's preaching is visible. But let me tell you, there is such important stuff that happens when we understand community, when we understand our call, when we understand God has called every one of us and anointed every one of us to be able to minister to every one of us. And we just did a whole little mini-series on this. I don't want to go back into it. But we've got to embrace that. We've got to understand that. If we think the only valid call in the life of a church is preaching or leading worship, we are going to be neutralized. And we're going to be always wanting something that's up there, maybe something that is out of reach even for some of us. But every single one of us called to play a role in the Great Commission. Every single one of us called to play a role in 10 in 10. Every single one of us called to play a role in community. Every single one of us called and anointed and given a ministry to minister to each other. And sometimes those things are vitally, vitally, vitally important. Told the story, I'm going to tell it again because it just is that important. This guy came into a meeting in South Africa that we had, came into an evening meeting, and he was suicidal. And he had come into that meeting saying this, I'm going to give God one more chance. If God doesn't have anything for me, I'm going home to kill myself. And so he came into the meeting late, came in the back door. I was facing forward worship. He stayed for one or two songs, and he walked back out. And a guy, not a leader, not an elder, not a pastor, not a deacon, a guy in the life of the church, a guy, followed him out into the parking lot, said to him, are you okay? And he said, no, I'm not. I'm going home to kill myself. The guy said, can we talk about that for a minute? I said, sure. Led him to the Lord in the parking lot. Brought him back in after the meeting. Now let me ask you, there were some people that were visible, right? I was preaching that night. There was worship. There was a worship team. There were plenty of people that were visible. But to that guy who said, I'm giving God one more chance, who was important? The guy that followed him out into the parking lot. And we've got to understand that, man. We've got to lay hold of that, that every single one of us is that and can be that. 10 in 10, pray. Ask God for your role. We can pray, we can give, we can send, we can go visit. We can do a whole bunch of things. I want to say this, friends. The gospel to the nations, which 10 in 10 seems like our little part for now, but the gospel to the nations, not, not a Redemption City Church idea, not a New Covenant Ministries international idea. It's a God idea right from the beginning. Genesis 12, all nations will be blessed through you. Matthew 24, the gospel must be preached in all nations and then the end will come. Matthew 28, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Acts 1, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Seems like Russ Doty took that word to heart because Tasmania does seem like the ends of the earth. (laughs) It's a God idea, friends. It's an absolute God idea. Commit to witness Commit 
to witness. We said engage with Jesus, embrace community, join the mission, commit to witness, commit to reaching out, bringing your friends and neighbors for the sake of the gospel. I want to say this, friends, rich people and poor people, religious people and licentious people all go to the same hell without Jesus. But how can a loving God send people to hell? God has not sent a single person to hell. If anyone goes to hell, they go of their own free will. They go of their own choice. You cannot go to hell for anything that you did because God won forgiveness for all sins on the cross. The only thing you go to hell for is the sin of omission. It's the sin of what you failed to do. You failed to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. God has made every way. That's like us going out on the freeway, driving the wrong way on the freeway, getting in a head-on wreck, and then blaming CDOT. No, we did everything possible. We put the signs up, the no-entry signs, the barriers. There was a cop saying, don't go this way. You went that way, got in a wreck. Not our fault. Right? And that's sometimes how we treat God. We avoid all the signs. We avoid all the words. We avoid everything and then blame God. We have to keep reaching out. We have to keep trusting God for friends and family to get saved. We have to keep reaching out. We have to keep trusting. Still the most radical salvation for me was my dad. 70 years old when he accepted the gospel. 70 years old. We'd left South Africa. He came to our little church in Los Angeles. And he was sitting like kind of where Sandals is sitting at the end of the meeting, I asked everybody to stand throughout the net. My dad put his hand up. I was like, nah. <laughs> nah. That's too much, man. It's like he didn't understand what I said. I said, okay, everybody put your hands down. His hand was the only hand up. I'm like, everybody put your hands down. My dad put his hand down. I threw out the net again. I'm like, so if you understand that you want to make Jesus Lord... <laughs> and savior of your life, which means you have to obey him. Stop being a jerk to me. (laughs) Not the last part, I didn't. But but all the rest I did. And my dad put his hand up and went like, duh, got you the first time. Still one of the most red, like he's, it was like a light switch came on. He didn't need to get warmed up. He was white hot right from the beginning. We'd come, we'd come back to the house, Andy, and I'd go, yeah, thank you, Lord. Yeah. We, we'd go out, run an errand, come back to the house. Him and my mom sitting on the couch reading the Bible together. I'm like, what is going on here? This is like opposite day. What just happened? Still the most radical conversion. But I tell you, man, we have to keep trusting and keep praying. The hardest person. My dad was a hard, hard, hard person. 70 years old. And they statistically, the older you get, they say the harder it is for somebody to come to the Lord. 15, optimal age. 70, not the optimal age. But the love and the mercy and the grace of God broke into his life. We give generously. We give generously. We engage with Jesus, we embrace community, we join the mission, we commit to witness, we give generously. I want to tell you, friends, we are not about raising money. We're about releasing ministry. 
We are not about raising money. We're about releasing ministry. Here and all over the world. We're not about special offerings and pledges. We're about embracing the biblical pattern for finances, for our personal life and for the life of the church. The Bible speaks on these types of giving, tithes, offerings, alms, giving for the poor, tithes, offerings, alms, apostolic and general giving. No special offerings, no shaming people into giving, no checking up on people that don't give. I honestly, before God, do not know who tithes in this church, and I don't want to. I think I'm big enough to deal with it, but I don't want to be tested. Uh, and anyway, let's just leave it at that before I <laughs> tell stories I'm not supposed to. But it's out of liberty and freedom and an understanding that God gave it all to us. He withheld nothing when he gave us his son. How would we withhold anything, simply something as small as finances from him? You're doing all right this morning. Engage with Jesus. Embrace community. Join the mission. Commit to witness. Give generously. I tell you, friends, if we can work that out, if we can walk that out, our best days are ahead of us. Absolutely, our best days are ahead of us, whether that be as an individual or for us as the life, in the life of the church. You doing right? Yes. Praise the Lord. Okay, a few quick announcements. Maybe they won't be quick. But this is part of Kickoff Sunday. It's a new season for us. So here we go. Number one, we're switching our church software, which doesn't mean a whole lot to you, I guess. But we are rolling out an app in the next little while. An app, and that's going to be real cool. We're going to be able to do a whole lot of stuff. There's a whole lot of functionality that comes with that app. Uh, Tim and Lorna have done a huge amount of work um, on that thing. They spoke to us a little while ago, maybe two or three months ago. Hey, we could go this way. And I'm like, okay, listen, I can switch my iPad on and send an email. If you, are, if you think this is a good way to go, y'all are going to have to drive it. And so between them and Andrew and Sue, uh, I think it really is. It's going to organize us, going to put us in a much better place. We'll be able to give on that app. And brings me to my next one. Number two, our leadership summit is in October. It's Saturday the 19th and October, Sunday the 20th. We'll carry a leadership theme in here. We had a little bit of mix-up with a venue. We had a venue booked, and then they called us to say they've double booked. But we have secured a venue. The cool thing with that app is you'll be able to register and pay and do everything you need to do one time on the app. So look for that rollout over the next couple of weeks. You doing right? Okay, two meetings. From next week, we go to 2 a.m. meetings. We me <laughs> 2 a.m., yeah. Morning meetings. <laughs> listen, I was just in South Africa for two weeks. I, I was amazed. You know, listen, when we first came to America, you know, the, our first visit to the States, we got here, we were so excited. You know, we're like, we're we going to get up at 8 o'clock in the morning, we're going we're gonna to go to the, the mall. You know, we get to the mall, the mall's not open until 10. Everything's orientated that way in South Africa, man. I, I did a 5 a.m. men's meeting. I did a 7 a.m. elders meeting. It's like, man, can you, like, there's a whole day ahead of us. Just, yeah. I've lived here for 20 years now. I'm out of that old culture. 
But anyway, so uh, two morning meetings, 9 to 10, 30-minute break, 10.30 to 11.30. So we're one hour earlier. We're going to finish at the same time, at 11.30. So that's going to be super excited. We're starting next week with a series through the book of Acts called Wildfire. And uh, really are trusting that that's going to stir something in us. We simply desire more opportunities to create more opportunities to reach people, more opportunities for us to preach the gospel. And there are so many people that, that while you have one meeting, it's hard for them to get here, right? Um, the largest uh, employment sector is, is retail. Some people work late on Saturday night or they have to be there on Sunday morning. We're hoping we can gather some of those people up. We've got a number of people in the life of our church that are first responders, firefighters or, or paramedics. And uh, Jeff sometimes comes straight from work, sleeps in his car, and then comes into the meeting. We're hoping that he can come, get that first meeting in, go home, get the sleep that he needs and deserves. So two meetings from next week. We're still going to be open to the move of the Spirit. I want you to know that. That's been a question. How, how do we remain open to the move of the Spirit in an hour? I, I, listen, I, I've, we've not led any other way, and we're not going to change that now. If the Holy Spirit is moving or the Holy Spirit is speaking, we are going to go with it and live with the difference. You doing all right? We're not going to change that. Our commitment is to go with the leading of the Holy Spirit at all times. You doing all right? Coming to family which is a three-week class that we do in our, in our home. Uh, we're doing it in September, September 11th, 18th, and 21st. Runs 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. If you haven't signed up yet, we've got a number of people that are signed up. If you haven't signed up yet, you want to know. It's simply a class that engages us a little bit, helps us to know a little bit more about the church, helps you to know what you can expect from us as elders, and then at the end of that time, we ask you, now that you know a little bit more, do you want to be a member of the church it's as easy as that. We're hoping to ordain some elders by the end of the year. Yeah. Seems like only the elders are happy about that. All right. It's okay. We want to see some people join us on the pastoral team by the end of the year. And uh, church is growing, man, and we need, we need pastors. We need people to be able to pastor and lead and shepherd God's people. You doing all right? Okay, we've launched two connect groups, two new connect groups. Brad and Kendra have launched. They've launched in, uh, hosted by Jeff and Lindsay. And Jesse and Tashina are about to launch their connect group, hosted by Naomi Esquivel over there. And uh, so that's super exciting, man. We're looking to multiply our... Uh, multiply our connect groups and, and just so that people have got more opportunities to embrace community as we said earlier. So we have these, uh, these three guys uh, or two guys and a gal just wave at us, Jolly over there at the back. There you go, Joel, Maddie up here, Matt Godfrey and Christine. Just wave, say hi. These guys are serving on an internship for three months with us, 21st of uh, August to 21st of November. Uh, let me just tell you this, they have already made a huge impact and a huge difference in, in some of the stuff we do. They were here at 7 a.m. this morning, helped set up for the tailgate party, then back at our house at 8 a.m. this morning to load the truck, bring the truck across here, unpack the truck. Um, they, they just have been a great delight to us already. We've already felt the weight of them. So Wednesdays, they're at our place at Wednesday, on Wednesdays, 
They do our volunteer staff meeting with us, which is where we prep and plan for Sundays. They come back on Friday morning, and Friday morning is about leadership training where we have an opportunity to invest in their lives. And then on Sunday, they serve in several different ministries in the life of the church every Sunday. So we just are incredibly grateful. We feel it was something that God stirred in us to start this internship, and we're grateful for the three of them that they've responded with such faith and such joy. It honestly is, you can see from that video, they, they are working hard, but it is lots of fun to be around them. So well done to the three of you. Then we're going to appoint some deacons this morning. So here we go. If we can have the following people up, we can pray for them real quick. We can have Alistair and Velita up. Alistair and Velita lead a connect group. And also head up the counting team for us. Patrick and Samantha, Carrie. With the newest member of, don't make, don't make a noise. The newest member of Redemption City Church, Raylan Grace Carey. How about that? Yeah. Two, two weeks old, yeah? Two weeks. Less than. Wow. Unbelievable. Well done, you guys. So delighted, eh? So Patrick and Sam lead a connect group, and they also head up our welcome team. And then Joel Daniel. Joel leads a youth connect for us. Brad and Kendra, come on up. Brad and Kendra lead a connect group for us. Caleb and Lauren lead a connect group. Come on up. Matt Godfrey, come on up, connect group. Out of my way, Matthew. Jesse and Tashina. They head up a connect group and also AV for us, as you saw him dash back there to get the volume turned up on that video. And then Mario and Celine Portillo. Head up our hospitality ministry. So this is a great... Uh, team that God has placed around us, and God continues to add to us. We just are so delighted for each and every single one of them. Let's have the elders up, and uh, uh, Ty and Nicole, if you want to join us, Chris and Cheryl, come join us. Let's have the elders up. We're just going to pray for them real quick. We're appointing them as deacons in the life of the church. Yeah, Father, we love you and we bless you. We are so grateful, Lord, for men and women who step up and answer the call to lead and to shepherd your people to serve in the life of the church, Father. We are just incredibly grateful for the team that you've put around us, Lord. We, we want to ascribe, subscribe to that biblical pattern, Father, that says the elders and the deacons in partnership with an apostolic team together with the saints. That's the biblical pattern for church life, Lord. And again, we just are so incredibly grateful for this team that you've put around us. We know you want to add to it, Father. And so, Father, we just bless these men and women, Lord. Bless them for their service. Bless them for their faithfulness and their fruitfulness, Father. And we just ask, Father, would you just pour yourself out on each and every single one of them, Lord. Would you grace them for the task at hand? 
Would you cause them, Lord, to rise up in all that you have for them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well done, you guys. Well done. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. All right. Let's stand together, church. Let's stand. Let's stand. So, let's just, let's just close our eyes for a minute. I just, uh, you know, we, we, I, I don't think we can preach a message like we've preached now without giving people an opportunity to respond to the gospel. And I, and I just want to say this. We, I, I don't want to make a long, drawn-out thing. But I just want to say this. As, as we've said this morning, that your best life is a submitted life. Your best life is found in God and with God. And so if you've heard some of the things we've said today and you're like, well, I'm not even sure how to start that journey, I want to say the Bible describes Jesus as the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And you can't get to the end without the beginning. The starting point of our walk with God is Jesus Christ. Us acknowledging Him as our personal Lord and Savior and us bowing a knee and saying, Lord, would you include me in all that you did for us, all that you accomplished for us on the cross, salvation and an eternity with you. If that's you this morning, you don't know the Lord, you've never responded to the gospel before, we'd love an opportunity just to pray for you where you stand. If that's you this morning, would you just raise your hand? We just want to pray for you. If you want to make a recommitment, maybe you've walked away from the Lord and you're saying, man, today's the day. Today's the day. I just feel stirred, something stirring in my heart. I want to come back to the Lord. I want to reestablish that relationship with Jesus. I want that closeness that I once had. If that's you this morning, would you just raise your hand? We just want to pray for you. So, Father, we love you and we bless you. We're so delighted, Lord, by the life of God that you are delivering to Redemption City Church. Grateful for your presence, grateful for your calling, grateful for those prophetic words that call us and stir us forward into the things of God. We, we, just, we are a grateful people, Lord, that you've called us to a task as significant as getting the gospel to the nations, reaching our friends and our neighbors, Lord. You could have chosen to do it on your own, but you chose to partner with us, which allows us to lead lives of significance and meaning, Father. We bless you this morning, Lord. Would you continue with us, Father? That Psalm, Psalm 73, you lead us by our right hand. Lead us, Lord individually and as a church, we pray. And may we do all of these things, Lord, in such a way that you and you alone receive all the glory, Father. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen.